0: Hello, friends. This is Joseph from Homo Sound. We started Homo Sound with one intention, which is to connect people in the music industry and help artists, promoters, label owners, Spotify curators, and other people who work in the music industry to spread their message and get known by an audience who is interested in that. And as a byproduct, we helped that some of these insights that we share in these chats will help and inspire other of us. Without further ado, enjoy today's guest. Arnaud Dexier is a DJ, producer, and also runs Children of Tomorrow. He has a very interesting story spanning almost 30 years that took him from playing lots of parties in France to moving to London and playing worldwide in between. Arnaud is a very, and I underscore, very prolific producer, who has been producing and releasing hundreds of tracks since 2004. He has seen a lot of changes over the years and observed trends alternating, while leaving music both from a touring DJ perspective and also from a label owner selecting music to release. In our chat with Arno, he talks about his personal journey and together we talk about music discovery from vinyls to modern platforms. What is a good demo etiquette? What are the challenges of DJs, promoters in scenes, such as the techno scene in London, and how producers can develop their own style? Enjoy. Arno, thanks so much for coming back to Homo Sound. Yes. <laughs> Happy to come back <laughs> because last time we had a bit of fun. So. We, we had, uh, we had um, our first trial, was uh, maybe six months ago. Yeah, yeah,
1: six months ago. And,
0: uh... Yeah, it didn't work out as, as expected, but we're learning. We had fun that time too, so it was, uh, was a good, yeah, <laughs> was a yeah. good chat today is going to be good today is going to be good yes perfect yeah. we'll make it even better yeah, yeah. nice so Arno I, I saw that you had um, you had recently a release on SOMA uh, yes SOMA records uh, yeah and which is amazing I heard the tracks that are probably like uh, club tools uh, yeah uh, how did you how do you feel about that how is the release going
1: uh, the release was good I'm really happy to sign on SOMA because it's something I mean he's one of the main la, label since long time yeah and um now I'm uh, working on the second one that you should be out uh, in uh, in June. Uh-huh. So working. Um, yeah, cooking up the music. Yeah, going out. yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. sounds after. great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's. I mean, it's uh, always a uh, um, nice to sign on with people you like, you know. So yeah, make you give you motivation and. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's it sounds it sounds nice. I like the label as well. I play a lot of their stuff. They have a really good sound. I I, mm. I I have to say that lately, in the last two years, the the sound quality is like mm. is super high. At in term of mastering, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. talking about. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's like uh, the powers they have, and I don't know. It's it's quite impressive. Yeah. And the quality of the music, what I like with them is. Um, over the years, they've always been on the ground, they always stay on the ground, and whatever they do is quality. Mm-hmm. So, you know, because sometimes you can change style and you change style and become more commercial. No. No. They always stay on the ground, they move with the flow, with what they feel, and it's a bit my vision. It's like I like a style of music. You know, your music, uh, when you are a musician, I think you evaluate with time, yeah. you know? Yeah. Uh, I mean, you can make techno your whole life, but you can also evolve in your techno. Uh, it can be deeper, it can be stronger, it can be, yeah, you know? Absolutely, and they they
0: released Daft Punk in nineteen ninety one. So that that's the thing. That's uh,
1: I mean, I mean, that's they made history. Like in a, in a way they, they were part of the electronic music for exactly so much. Right. Me, I remember because the funny thing with Daft Punk. Uh, the first time um, I heard about them is because I was doing the warm up mm-hmm. in a ref party and I didn't know them. Okay. Wow. So uh, I have no idea who they were. Yeah. Okay. Just my friends said, okay, we want to do the warm up. Okay, there's these two guys uh, from uh, Paris, yeah. they're going to do a live, they are really good. Uh, I said, okay. And they did the live, and I was like, whoa. Oh, oh wow, yeah. That's something special. And I think, um, I don't know, it's like maybe six months later, I saw the release on Soma. Yeah. It was the beginning of summer. It was just after maybe the positive education from Slam. Uh-huh. And uh, I was like, okay, <laughs> that's it. You know? Big deal. Big deal. And yeah. Uh, yeah yeah i mean i mean when you find something like that and you have you have the boards also because you know it was a time when it was no rules you didn't know uh i mean it's not like now there's a market huh? at the time is y- yeah you're taking your chances yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And, and also
0: for that time it was especially like it was a I mean, they became electro in a way or they were doing kind of club music and it was kind of different from what people were playing at that time. They
1: started that kind of a movement in... in Uh, At the time, I mean... But the thing with Daft Punk is they have uh, two backgrounds. The rock uh, Mm -hmm. side and the disco from the father of uh, Bongalter, who used to be a big producer in in disco uh, Mm -hmm. back in the, the 80s, 70s. So they have these two backgrounds together, and they mix it with techno. That's why people really like it, because they like it for two reasons. Mm. Most of the people in France, they like rock, you know? Mm-hmm. And in general, you like, and the track that they sign is quite rocky. Yeah, they Like something, the, yeah. you know? So, um, in a way, it was the right moment. It was a, 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 a fusion track, you know? Yeah. So that's why people like it if he was more maybe techno minimal i huh, wouldn't have be successful like this you know yeah. it's because of this mix
0: of uh, yeah, yeah. Of, of styles or genres yes. yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah which i think it's something that we are seeing more and more like uh, i remember there was a time with when dubs came up as, yeah. a, as a mainstream genre like I think it was around when the time when Skrillex did a remix for Benny Benassi it mm-hmm. was kind of bringing up the commercial EDM music into something similar to drum and bass mm-hmm. and people were like wow what, what is this sound so that became like a mainstream because I think Skrillex in particular was good to was able to mix two genres that were mm-hmm. kind of trending both I mean in different niches and I think that these things sometimes create something that um,
1: they're really cool I like it's Prodigy. Prodigy did Prodigy, that. Yeah. yeah, did this thing. Um, yeah, it can, it can, it can work. I mean, sometimes I think we arrive in a moment where um, electronic music is everywhere. Yeah. I mean, what I mean, electronic music is music made with electronic instrument. Yeah. So it's not only techno. It's really large. Yeah. But um, we are in a time I think is fusion time. Yeah.
0: For something yeah. different.
1: I, yeah. yeah, because I think uh, we are turning, you know, in, in loop. And something is happening. I, yeah. I, I don't know. You,
0: you know, like, I've uh, this is my prediction. Uh, techno and trap, uh, or there's going to be something there. There is something there, because trap or in general, like, hip-hop is the dominant genre in the world now.
1: Uh, hold on. When... Um, House started a long time ago, in the 80s. It was a mix between House and Hip House. It's called Hip House. Hip House, okay. So, and it was like a rhythm of yeah. House with some people uh, doing hip-hop on it, you know? Wow. Yeah. So, but it's not new. Yeah, it's not new, yeah. It's yeah, just waiting to come back, you know? It's w- exactly, yeah. Like the electro-breakbeat at the moment that yeah. is like uh, what Elena, Elena Hoff is playing, this mm-hmm. kind of thing. But that with People doing hip hop on, on top.
0: Yeah, I think you know. I, I think there is potential there. They're worth exploring if you like the stuff. I mean, you can do everything mm-hmm. after that. He has to sound good. He has to, you know. Yeah, to work. Yeah, yeah. especially because I mean, it might work on uh, like listening, but it might not be as effective on the dance floor. Maybe that's the thing that might be. The different. thing is, it depends
1: which kind of music you want to do. If you want mm-hmm. to make music to make people dance, so the fusion is already limited. Yeah, Because what is access to dance lore, whatever you think, uh, I mean, you can have jungle, drone base, things like that. Is really limited this type of rhythm in the world. People in general like 4-4. Yeah, The absolutely. Broken Beat thing is not for everyone. No. And it, it works really well in the UK. I mean, it's big, yeah. It's massive. But I know some country like France is not massive at all but it's more netherlands the same yeah not massive yeah they don't like it much yeah they like the 4-4 four four. yeah okay and um i don't they like it hard. <laughs> this 4-4 four four, you know it's not space for deep before it was super deep now yeah. they want 140 150. yeah so that's the time then in um, six months one one year it's gonna be over and when you go to an extreme yeah people to the other extreme very interesting.
0: Yeah, exactly. So I think I think there has been an evolution. If you think about it, like minimal was just huge in 2002, 2003, yeah. which a lot of people don't like. Uh, it was a kind of a trend. Let's call it slow music. Yeah. And then it started like picking up. Then it went into this deep techno. There was a bit of like more melodic techno, and now we're going to this, let's say, mainstream of the underground techno is probably now hard, uh, fast, uh, melodic. Uh, yeah, bad melody sometimes. Yeah. Trendy. Some influences yeah. from trends. Mm. Yeah. I don't know.
1: Not everybody (laughs) likes it, exactly. No, I just like... um, uh, I like when the music has a bit of taste, Mm -hmm. melody-wise. Sometimes the melody is close to the dance music. I mean, the same people who are saying that David Guetta is commercial, but they are using the same preset
0: Mm -hmm. and doing the
1: same melodies, but with a fast BPM at the end you are doing exactly the same music and actually he's gonna do this kind of music soon Is i saw it in an interview so yeah I and mean, that's not on the ground you know this is not where you want to go i mean music you are, have to think a bit in terms of quality yeah and, yeah melody wise i mean and, and what, what do you want to do i think the the yeah
0: what's happening is now is that also techno is definitely a bigger market in terms of like festivals than it was 10 years ago so it's getting very close to, to EDM, like right? yeah. completely like on a different scale still, but it's getting there with big festivals like techno. There's always like a techno stage now in big festivals they are also host at EDM stage. But EDM
1: and EBM, you just change one letter is almost the same music. Uh, yeah, yeah. But Melody it, wise and, and the, the rhythm and the uh, energy. Yeah. And I think the EDM is going to become EBM. Mm. Because it's really good for festival. Yeah. So that's the commercial part of techno.
0: Yeah, it could be, it could be exactly. So the way the way I would split them in my mind would be like EDM is the upbeat, yeah, like very fast, like more like a, let's enjoy live, uh, yeah. cocktail privé, that kind of stuff. Yeah. ebm is in the is instead like the sad music, like, the, like very melancholic
1: music where like you feel. I don't find EBM really melancholic. Mm-hmm. Not okay. at all. No, I find it really commercial and cheesy. Commercial, yeah. Yeah. M- melody wise it's, but it's normal because more you faster yeah. the BPM, more the melody is super limited. Yeah. So you're not gonna make a groove with something that is fast. You give energy. Yeah. But I prefer hardcore. If I have to make something yeah strong. Strong.
0: A melody
1: <laughs> <laughs> i don't know yeah.
0: <laughs> hardcore, hardcore is an interesting like um
1: now hardcore is also getting very very close to hardcore and techno are getting super close hardcore is close from what is techno about uh, because uh, it's really based on frequency mm-hmm. i remember like um, back in the 90s was like people like uh, lisa and elias mm-hmm. so it's like was playing really like hardcore by like 200 p.m sometimes even 300, like, super crazy. And some people were, like, collapsing because of the frequency and the energy. But it was nice to watch because it was something so intense that uh, it was, like, more an experiment, you know? Right. Okay. Yeah. Now, uh, that's, for me, um, what is techno about? Is about this kind of, trying, yeah. vibe. It's not really commercial. It's not for everyone. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, you know? Yeah.
0: In, in, I mean, it might be at some point they split up as movements, right? So you have, um, which, which now is happening already. Like, you have the mainstream yeah. techno, yeah. the big circuit, uh, bigger festivals, and then you have the underground techno. And then you have different kind of styles of underground techno. There's the more now trendy yeah. mm, let's say fashion there is mm-hmm. another uh, dark fashion uh, like I think it's it's in a way it's, n- it's natural like things just split up at some point
1: yeah I think the new generation uh, don't bother about the style they lack like many things and that's the difference with our generation where we were listening house and techno and it was the same style yeah We started to divide house and techno a few years ago. But back in the day, and you can even check the house and the techno, the house in the 90s is really fast. Mm -hmm. It's 130, 133. I mean, it's house. But at the time, that was a normal tempo, you know? And the techno was 140, 145. So... I don't know. The, 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 the music was more uh, close because it was like more Detroit. So he has always a bit of techno melancholy to inside the music. Now, uh, music really changed. We are not in the same, it's, it's totally different. No. People, uh, young people, now they can listen rock, reggaeton, and tomorrow they're going to listen hardcore and they like it, you know. Yeah. There is no like before. Uh, listen only techno and yeah, it yeah and I I personally
0: like the fact that there is um so in a way like there is more access to music. There is more people listen to the
1: more stuff. They have a short attention span as well. You just say one thing. It's about yeah. access. Yeah. Back in the 90s, we didn't have internet. So because we didn't have internet, it was more limited. It was what mm. you have now. Everyone is aware. If you take. Your computer, you check in five seconds. You know where is the party, with DJ. You can, you know, everything. So people are more aware. I
0: think that's what changed. Yeah, and it's a big thing, and they can get the music on uh, streaming from their phone.
1: Yeah, anywhere. Yeah. Um, Actually, people listen music streaming now. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I know you. You have an opinion on that. Yeah, because I don't, I don't get. I don't get it. So. No. It's like uh, I come from the the time where you have your you buy the vinyl, you go to the shop, and you have the thing uh, physically, you know. Mm-hmm. And I understand you have the um, I have MP3, I have, I have Wave, I have, but I have them, you know. The streaming thing, uh, you have to go online, you have to Google the, the name? It's not really yours. The sound is not good. I don't know. I don't get it. I I think it's it's I don't get it. it's it's probably like a, it's also
0: generational transformation, right? The new generations who were basically we all live
1: on our phones pretty much. Yeah, that's the thing. But I understand that. The thing is, I think the problem of the streaming for me is the quality.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, I listen also music streaming. I mean, I can listen a mix on SoundCloud and things like that. But I think sometimes the streaming is not good as quality. But because you. We don't have like a fast internet sometimes, so you need to have like, a, let's say, a, a proper um, uh, f- fast internet to, to be able to have like big data. Yeah. yeah. So they have to compress, yeah. and this compression sometimes make, mm. you know, like especially on YouTube. I think YouTube for me is the worst. You, you, it's like, yeah. It, yeah. It, yeah. It's, it's not really... A, it's like, yeah,
0: YouTube is good. Like, I feel like it depends. YouTube, the, the good thing about YouTube is the discovery part when there are curators, such as, I mean, hate is probably the biggest one in our niche yeah. in techno, mm. where they basically, in a way, they, it's like someone going to the record shop and then showing that to, to people, mm-hmm. which Bicep were doing that very effectively a few years ago. That's how they started, mm-hmm. which is that's the interesting part. There's always like a person who's speaking the tracks and then presenting them to you. Mm-hmm. Spotify, what I find for Spotify is that it's interesting because um, you start from a starting point. There might be, for instance, an artist that you already know and like. Mm -hmm. And then if you use their radio, which is essentially the algorithm, you then are taken to another 10, 15 artists and maybe five of them, you don't know them. Mm -hmm. You you might not like four of them, but maybe you find one and they're like, wow, amazing. I discovered, like I started using Spotify about a year ago not so long um two weeks ago mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah to open it. yeah you started there yeah because yeah
1: i was uh, starting to check you know like uh the sales of of record and things like that. and i start to see that well like spotify was like with youtube something big and i was like okay let me understand it because yeah why people go there, why, why, what, uh, yeah. And I saw it like many years ago and I was checking, and I, it doesn't, it's mm. well done, it's perfect, yeah. But um, it's just, I like to have my music if I have to have it or on the turntable or I have to have it on my iTunes, yeah. So the- that's my way of.
0: You know, 100%, and I think it's very personal. Yeah. What made, the, for me, how I made the switch was, uh, I, like you, I was realizing that um, essentially people who are not artists, uh, majority of people tend to listen only on you know, streaming. Yeah. So I remember when I was releasing new music and I was speaking with people who are not into techno, but let's say friends, people at work, people I met, and they were asking, hey, can you send me a link of your, um, of your track? I was like, yeah, sure. I was sending them, like, SoundCloud or Bandcamp, and they're like, I don't use either. Are you Spotify or YouTube? Are you on on this platform? I was like, no, 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 I'm not. And my music is underground. They're like, okay, how am I supposed to listen? And and for quite a while, I was like, okay, maybe these people are like, don't forget about them. But then I figured out that maybe why shouldn't my music be available to these people if they want to listen to it? And I started getting closer to Spotify. And eventually, I figured out that actually it's a great platform for discovery. Mm-hmm. And I discovered
1: really, really good artists this Better year. Better than YouTube because YouTube uh, no algorithm. It's a jungle. It, yeah. I mean, I, I don't understand the way. No. And I mean, the algorithm is like it's the same thing of Instagram. The algorithm of Instagram on Facebook you have to explain to me because I, I really don't get it. It's 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 like. Yeah. <laughs> so SoundCloud,
0: uh, friends of SoundCloud, don't don't get us wrong. But SoundCloud and YouTube, they still need they need to fix the algorithm. Like, the discovery is broken. Like. It's in YouTube. You start with a track that is techno, you know, mm. and eventually, eventually, you will get either to a big house hit or to some like commercial stuff. Eventually, it will t- the family will take you to these big hits? They're always the same. Yeah, yeah. So you're listening to half an hour music because they pay for it. I guess, yeah. So that's, but but then it's, then it's it's broken, right? For the user,
1: it's broken because you're kind of changing their taste. You're not going it's, with their it's taste. It's not. It's not only that. It's uh, you who made the algorithm because you made it. Mm -hmm. It's not a computer who invented his own algorithm. So you, as human, didn't understand the way music works. Yeah. Or the way underground music is working. Mm. And and now that we're talking about these
0: things, like um, how is the... You run a label, so Children Mm -hmm. of Tomorrow, you've run another label before. Yeah. You've been on a bunch of labels as well. Yeah. In terms of, from the label owner perspective, how have things changed in terms of like... uh, Essentially, where you put your music, how you, s- you put your music out. Uh, vinyl was a big thing 10 years ago. Mm. We still do vinyls. Uh, how important it is for people to do a vinyl compared to be on digital or compared to be on Spotify?
1: Poof. Vinyl, I think already is for a niche. Mm. So it's really, and it's becoming more and yeah. more. Harder, to harder because um, it costs more and more to press vinyl. Uh, you sell less and less. I mean, we are selling more vinyl than I don't know since many years in general. But that's the manufacturing who make a lot of pressing. But yeah. every little companies, distributor, recallable they don't do that amount. So everyone is sharing. Like for example, I saw in France with mm-hmm. like four million last year, which is a lot. But I mean, back in the day, you were selling. I will say a bad record, a bad release, was between a thousand, thousand five hundred. Wow, mm-hmm. which now would be the best release ever? Like yeah, now if you make a, a bad release, now it can go between twenty and fifty copies. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And a good release. Is probably three hundred, and a really really good, maybe five thousand, but is is really rare. Yeah, very you rare. You are yeah. more more often under the three hundred than, and I mean, and the minimum, the cost, the minimum, is three hundred copy. You need to sell three hundred copy. If you sell less than that, you're not gonna make any money. Yeah, absolutely. You're not gonna cover yeah. the thing. Yeah. So, uh, I mean. The vinyl, the, the is complicated for uh, to continue. Yeah, I mean for for our, our music is complicated. But maybe we have to change also what we want to put on it because I think, uh, for example, with Techno, that is a lot of tools. Mm. Uh, pff, there is uh, two hundred tools per week. You know, it's a bit too much. Yeah. So maybe it's, you have to release something else. Yeah. You know. Yeah,
0: it's true. It's true. And, uh, I think that, uh, the digital part uh, is very convenient because you yeah. can release
1: music very fast. Yeah, but the problem is people release a thing because it's fast. Mm-hmm. There is no cost. There is everything. Mm. So there is too many things in the market, and again, it's killing the market. Yeah, because it's saturation. Like you, it's a saturation. Yeah. I mean, there is a lot of thing. A lot of things that if it was a time of vinyl. They will never go never. No. Yeah. Never. So yeah. now you have like but also in also you have good music, really good music, that um, is not possible to put on the vinyl either because it's too experimental and people uh, take the risk. So yeah. there is two two visions. There is the one who uh, don't really care mm-hmm. and the one who try to care whatever platform it is. For I me mean, music is yeah, uh, good music is good in every platform or, platform. or format yeah I mean, yeah, um, I mean when yeah. when it's bad it's bad <laughs> when it's good it's good I mean it, it's a matter of taste huh? uh, it's true yeah
0: and, and, and talk about your selection process when you select music for your label for instance mm. yeah uh, I, I know we discussed about that uh, in a previous conversation yeah. like it did, there is a process of like different steps different people who are giving feedback yeah, opinion. yeah. how does that work
1: um uh, but first of all, we are like, uh, we listen demo with Antonio D'Angelis, his mm-hmm. uh, manu, my friend, sometime. And we are, I mean, some release, we, we feel them straight away and we have like the feeling. Sometimes some release are a bit more different, or you, you also sometimes you want to change a bit the sound of, uh, of uh, or you want to evaluate. Yeah. So it's a lot of listening and, Finding the right artists uh-huh.
0: is, is not easy. Yeah, it's not easy. Exactly. So, like uh, in terms of like sending demo,
1: what is a, a good way of sending demo? What is a bad way? Oh, the bad way is just a link. <laughs> no you context. don't even say hi. You just send a link. Yeah, yeah. No context. <laughs> just, just, just send a link. here. Go, it goes straight <laughs> in the rubbish. I don't even read it. You know. Yeah. Um, but sometimes also people write really nice thing. And sometimes, so, some people, it's funny because they write really nice things, and they forgot to uh, change the name of uh, <laughs> the previous <'Cause> <laughs> They send the same beautiful, nice thing. So you're like, OK, whatever. Uh, so it goes to the rubbish, too, you know, because you're like, uh, so uh, I think uh, this Mr. Richy uh, Yeah. <laughs> we
0: love no, your music. Yeah, uh. no, no, but I had
1: that, this kind of thing. like. So <laughs> you're like, you're, okay. You're like, you. okay, okay, thank you very much. Like, uh, oh, you are like uh, sending a demo. Uh, j- I'm sending a demo just for you. And <laughs> the guy, he, he didn't put in the right CC, you know, like, uh, so he be oh. 500 <laughs> emails. <laughs> <and> <laughs> this is just for you. Just <laughs> for you, yeah. and I love no, you so much. <laughs> and you're like, okay, man, that's it. You
0: yeah, he, he just discarded, like, it's okay, off.
1: I think uh, f- the best approach is first of all sometimes is when you meet people mm. or you start to chat and there is like a connection that is coming and maybe or an, a friend of you or an artist that I have tell me oh you should look at this guy is cool is and I think that's the way we are listening demo more than when people send me demo yeah it's rare now when people send me demo that you find something interesting uh yeah because f- too many and some people it's just like um, Not relevant. sometimes i'm answer answer is it a joke because i mean it's like someone's gonna send you hip hop uh, rock <laughs> rock yeah. you know it's like uh but did you listen the... because that's the thing when you send them all, you try to listen first of all what you release you know someone release because if you don't listen it's a bit random you know it's you have to try to be closer from yeah. what is already released. There yeah. is no point to send trance or hip hop if you listen techno. I mean, yeah, for
0: sure. And I think the, what tends to happen is that I think people try to go the, the shotgun approach, they try to send as many demos as possible without really taking the time to study the label they're sending them to.
1: Yeah, it's the thing that also, that's another thing. When you send demos, send the best you have. And if there is a touch, you will send a bit more. Don't send 50 tracks, 100 yeah. track With uh, track one, track two, track three, not even a name. Already, uh, there is no feeling. Because sometimes, just a title, you know, there is something catchy about it. Yeah, yeah. You thought about Dead the yet. name, the word you're going to put. And I find it interesting. When you send me track one, uh, uh, to mm. uh, I, feel like already, I feel that you make music fast mm. in a chain, you know, and you know, and let's see yeah, got it yeah yeah it
0: doesn't it doesn't give the impression of really importance to that track
1: no mm. no because uh, I think uh, you can with techno music you, you, there is no voice, there is no word, so the word you're gonna use as a title. It's very important. Yeah. Very interesting, yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to put melancholy or, or deepness, if you put it, you call it track one. <laughs> doesn't necessarily, doesn't... Even if, yeah, if, yeah, if it, yeah. there is Draw. deepness, but I think someone who put deepness in his music will never put track one. Yeah. Very interesting thing, yeah. So that's why you will never choose, uh, you, you know, you don't have to waste your time. Yeah. Yeah, makes sense and, yeah. and do
0: you prefer like two three tracks or like five six I will say five minimum minimum yeah yeah yeah, yeah. okay
1: yeah because you need to understand a, a, a range mm-hmm. and especially with Children of Tomorrow we do like five tracks all the time so in five tracks I can understand more or less your sound of the artist yeah of the artist even if the tracks are slightly different like but even if they're super good or, uh, sometimes there's only one track and I, I, I ask can I listen a bit more? Mm-hmm. Because I feel like there's something really interesting about it. So you want to push. Very and also to understand um, uh, if it was no luck. Yeah, makes okay. sense. Because you, uh, when you want to sign an artist, I want to sign an artist that um, I believe is going to grow up and is going to grow up and represent Children of Tomorrow in a nice way. So if someone does like uh music and there is 10 track is there is one track good every 10 maybe is then the other ten. What he's gonna do with them
0: yeah
1: you know
0: it, it makes a lot of sense and and <laughs> yes i think it's a is a very good way
1: of testing it without yet knowing that person so you're trying when to you don't know yeah. you know when you don't know and then after that when you start to know the person it can happen sometimes, someone send me a 10 track because he's a friend. And uh, even for me, like, for example, I make a lot of tracks, uh, when I have to put on, uh, on the label, I'm gonna send it to Antonio, and he's gonna listen, he's gonna tell me, okay, in all these things, I think this one, this one, this one. Then sometimes I have my idea already, I know what I want to put. So, but when he confirm my, uh, my point of view, we have a release, you know. Yeah,
0: it's it's like getting feedback internally yeah. and, and checking that yeah. it works. Yeah. But
1: sometimes you can listen twenty demos. Yeah.
0: To yeah. select
1: five.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah.
1: And in the uh, maybe fifteen that they are left, we agree that there is maybe five, six, seven that they are not good. Or it's not they are not good. They are need to work again on, it, on them. Or maybe it's not even time to waste and to do something new. Yeah. But sometimes you feel them. Uh, but
0: um, They need a bit of uh, more fixes and work. Yeah. 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 Makes sense. And then a question that came from one of our um, people in the audience. Uh, uh, what was the idea behind Children of Tomorrow? Was... Uh, when you started it, was it because it was meant to be your platform to release music or you had a vision? Uh, first a of all, when I didn't start
1: it, Okay. Oh, it's Emmanuel Ternois who mm-hmm. started, uh, Chino of Tomorrow, and um, after two, three years, um, we started to work together. And um, from that moment, then it became more mine because I started to, he didn't have the time to really take care of it every day. And I say uh, I'm, I'm gonna take care of it and that's it. We, I like, it, I like it, the, the, the concept. We always like this Detroit music or mm. even Chicago. We're always in love with uh with the same type of music. And we decided to um, go to techno uh, like big time. And um, that's the thing of, of you know we really roll really minimal in in certain so, way. But always with um, uh, a touch of, I would say, class melody. Yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. not cheap. You don't want to... I mean, it's been 30 years. If I wanted to sell a lot of (laughs) records, I would have to choose techno. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So now I'm (laughs) going to change to... uh, You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So that was not the vision of... uh, The vision is to make quality music that stay. Because that's the thing. Children of tomorrow is mm-hmm. try to find the artists of tomorrow, the ones that are gonna yeah. grow, yeah. they're gonna become big, they're gonna create the music from to- tomorrow. You're right.
0: So the idea, even behind the name, is actually yeah, children. Yeah. So someone who is young, let's say, yeah, and it's progressing. Is would be the tomorrow. If we take
1: an artist, it's like when we took Antigone, mm-hmm. we took Zadig, uh, they were unknown, so. We took them because we believe they will be the people that they will do something tomorrow. Interesting, yeah. And ten years later, it works. Yeah, (laughs) they did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the point is to find this kind of artist, an Hmm. artist that is going to become big, not an artist that. Okay, we take an artist that is not famous. So you say why you take only people that are unfamous? No, we take people that are unfamous, but we feel that they're going to become famous because they have the potential. Yeah. Because we receive a lot of demo of people that are not ready. And until you are ready... Yeah. So the, there is a technical component, which is how
0: good the track sounds. There is a taste component, which is like, does that fit with the label? Mm-hmm. And there is also the component, do I believe that this person will evolve as an artist? Uh, it would, then, would be like the new artist, new, let's say, um, good artist of tomorrow. Someone who is a solid uh, production
1: and music but for me is with the, the, the demo when mm. someone send you demo and you listen the production and i'm yeah. a producer and i'm like wow i mm. want to play them i don't have anything to say about it i'm just listening i'm like wow so they click it's a it's yeah. a final track uh-huh. so i know and the guy who sent the demo maybe i listen 10 demo and they are all high level so you say okay this guy we start to chat this would use Zadig, he knew machines and you know and yeah and at the end we are talking and he has big knowledge you know
0: yeah so
1: it yeah. was not a young guy either because no. that's the thing yeah when when i signed Zadig, we are the same age or maybe he's a baby older maybe a bit so and he, he, he told me that he invested like decades to, uh, to craft his skills. like it was a yeah, it, it took him a while, but yeah. I, I understand that because um, even me, who I'm doing music since more than 30 years now, uh, every day I'm still getting or better or learning things that I didn't know before. and uh, technically, and at the end you're like, you always master your, your skill, you know. For sure, yeah, yeah. There is there's no reason not to evaluate, unless you don't want. No, yeah. There is some. <laughs> <laughs> there, there, for sure, there is, yes, yes. Yeah. And, lazy and lazy
0: y- bastard. <laughs> <laughs> it's part of running a label as well. Like you want to you wanna craft your own um, artist circle. Like you want to help other people to develop who, who might
1: share the same vision for music. Oh, yeah, it's important. First of all, yeah, Also, I, I want to work with uh, cool people. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes I have some people uh, just at the first approach. It doesn't it, work. No, it's not going to work. And so I'm not going to waste my time because I already had artists like you. And I know that it's not going to end well. Yeah. So Makes sense. Yeah.
0: It's your circle. It's like your team in a way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Makes sense. And and I remember, like, um, going back to changing a bit the topic, um, you had a very interesting story from a DJ point of view and mm-hmm. producer as well. So you started off in France. Yeah. And you were a resident of a party that was uh, quite a intense.
1: Uh, I was resident of a club. Yeah, for a club, yeah. in yeah. club. Uh, it's yeah. called Queen in Paris. Yeah. It was on Champs-Élysées. It was a gay club in the 90s. It was like the Berkheim of the 90s. Yeah where you could do whatever you wanted in Champs-Élysées. So, I mean, it was quite quite intense, you know? Intense, yeah. And and going back to um, your
0: origins, like, you worked Mm. in a record shop. Yeah. How did you get into into music? Like, I remember you have a personal familiar story. Like, that's how you started discovering music when you were very young. Yeah. And eventually you um, started working for a record store. Uh, Did you ever think, before working in the record store, you wanted to be a DJ, a producer? Ah, yeah. I was already
1: a DJ. Yeah. So, uh, no, I wanted to be DJ since I was maybe 11, 12, something mm-hmm. like this. Yeah. Because I always been surrounded by the music straight, mm-hmm. o- straight away. Basically, I mean, I was six, seven years old. I was listening to music with my uncle and my aunt. And that basically, we were going clubbing during the weekend. Mm-hmm. And, um,. And sometimes i was in the weekend with them and why it was a family thing i was the only child so they were listening the music of the night you know and i was not going to bed because i was listening to the nightclub that he was like yeah that's my stuff <laughs> and i was listening and it was the beginning you know of everything you know yeah it was beginning of it was naven shade, thing like that you know like yeah yeah really all these artists were coming uh michael jackson all this thing and i was listening and i was like oh this is but th- that's the music uh, during the night uh, yeah, yeah yeah and i was fascinated i don't know why because basically i was listening to radio during the day and i was think- thinking that it was really boring the music during the day and when i was listening to this music at night i was like wow that something, something special yeah. and um i remember i said oh i want to, m- to do music you know i want to make music and at seven eight years old, you know, and I think the Christmas after, my parents, they offered me a turntable. I was so happy with it. And uh, I started to buy my uh, my first vinyl. And and then my aunt brought me to the nightclub. I, I 11 years old, because <laughs> the owner, were, they were friends. So they want, just wanted to show me, you know, how uh-huh, yeah. was the, the club, you know? Yeah. So I look and I say. I was looking at the DJ in the booth. I said, I want to do what he does, the guy, because I like the music. Amazing. You know? Yeah, yeah. And I, managed, uh, I mean, I met a guy who was DJ, who taught me uh, the basic mm-hmm. really well. Um, he was doing hip hop, scratch. And uh, it was all about mixing with the pitch, you know, like never touching the... All right. I, he was like really, really, really precise. And um, like Sonny Sharp does still yeah. today. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I learned like this. Then I met uh, Jean-Philippe, a friend of mine who now is a friend. But at the time, he was looking for someone to help him. And he said, OK, I'm going to open a record shop. Do you want to join? To, to join, to help yeah. me. Because basically, we were this guy was uh, working. It was the time when the vinyl was over. Mm in um, let's say end of the 80s beginning of the 90s the cd arrive and when the cd arrive many shops big shops they decided that it was over vinyl vinyl is over now cd is gonna replace everything so no more vinyl vinyl is out of market yeah the problem is the people from the nightclub the dj it was not another platform to play. You couldn't play with CD because it was not even a CD player with, right. uh, with a pitch, or something like that. It was not possible to play like this. So these DJs, they need the vinyl. So my friend said, you know what? I'm gonna buy all this vinyl in distributor, and I'm gonna go every uh, five weeks in different region, and I'm gonna bring the vinyl to the nightclub. Yeah. So before the nightclub was opening, or during the week, was doing a meeting with 70 DJ from, uh, from the area, yeah. And we were listening music, you know, like listening music like this. And say, OK, uh, ah, I want two. I want one. Ah. And then he goes in his car, and he oh, was giving uh, the record. And uh, <laughs> and he didn't have any record shop. You know, it was like this. So um, I met this guy and in one of these uh, meetings. And I was fascinated by it. You know, I was like, wow, well, it's interesting. So one day um, I went in his house and uh, because I was looking for some record, uh, uh-huh. and we start to chat. Uh, and I said oh, I would like to come with you, like uh, to do this tour. It's funny, you know. So um, I went with him on tour, like um, traveling, checking up. You know, when we are sitting in and we had a lot of fun. You know, yeah. it was quite really cool because you meet all these DJ. You yeah, know, We are yeah. meeting in a nightclub. <laughs> you give uh, two bottles of whiskey <laughs> and they to, share. to <laughs> play music, you know? <laughs> you become friends and they're all DJ. Yeah. So you are, everyone is sharing the same thing, you know? And then they say, okay, now I think I want to open a record shop. But I continue to, him, uh, he, he wanted to continue to sell uh, oh, the, the traveling, vinyl, traveling. Yeah. And me, I had like one shop for me where I was taking care of the People of the region, and Amazing, then the, yeah. the, the, the shop became really successful. And because it was in Brittany, and he uh, uh-huh. became really successful, and people from Paris were coming to buy the record. in, wow. and it was really weird, you know, people were call, calling us, even from Belgium. So, um, my friend said, You know what, let's open one in Paris, and perfect, yeah. And he said, But I open in Paris if you come, so okay, and that's how I met. I moved to Paris and Amazing, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, just. And, and then you, you, then it all happened. Like you found residency. Or so you were already DJing at that time.
1: Uh, I was already DJing. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was playing already. It was the beginning of uh, all this rave and techno party. Uh-huh. Him was playing in, in basically what he was doing. We were like um, uh, doing all these reunion, and every time he was like a party techno somewhere where we were playing. Wow. So and in the meantime, we were playing at the end of the night and people said, you play this, 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 can I buy it? So sure. We were, yeah, yeah. No, but it, was, it was amazing. The, uh, yeah. yeah. It's a perfect thing. Yeah. Uh, it was another <laughs> way of thinking, but that's all vinyl uh, still alive in France mm. for a while. Yeah. Well, because uh, independent, uh, let's say, record shops were actually going and then promoting vinyls. Yeah. Uh. It was no more independent shop. That's the yeah. thing. That's why we mm. opened again. And then it became famous again. And they opened. But mm-hmm. only in Paris. You could find vinyl if you were living in Paris. But if you were living in the countryside, yeah, that's it. It was over. They were all... This is CD now. CD. Yeah.
0: So it was very, yeah, very yeah. hard. Yeah. And then fast forward. So you, you had the residency in France
1: that helped you develop your craft and everything. Yeah, because I was playing for four or five days a week. Yeah. Like... Uh, Minimum six-hour set wow. per night. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. So when you play in, and in Paris, so you have like a big turnover because every night is different. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I was doing sometime beginning, sometime I was in the end. So. So you build up your skills and yeah. then. Like, w- were you producing already at that time or not? No. Hmm. I start to produce in ninety eight. Ninety eight. Yeah. Ninety eight. Yeah. I start yeah. to be DJ ninety nine, mm-hmm. and I start to produce in ninety eight. I was not really motivated at the beginning uh, we op- all a studio with a friend of mine and um everyone bought some machines because it was super expensive at the time like you were buying like uh, one synthesizer one sampler <laughs> you know Shared, uh, yes. it was costing so much that uh, that's course. all you were building in the studio you know? yeah yeah and um he did a school for engineering school for and me i was like just looking and i couldn't understand anything at the beginning you know <laughs> and uh, it, it was quite uh quite tough you know and then uh, i start to understand when i start to work at home by myself yeah producing on your yeah, yeah, yeah on but your it was house. the same thing with the G, uh, djing yeah like uh the guy who taught me i was really struggling when he was around and when i was going back home i could do it you know so mm-hmm. sometimes it was like the stress of having someone around you i don't know
0: yeah no of course yeah. i mean it, yeah. it also takes practice no it takes years to, to build it up yeah and, and uh, it's talking about your dj career essentially in mm-hmm. evolution like uh, um it's very interesting like uh, do you have an agent that helps you with your bookings yeah. yeah 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 at what point do you think an artist should get an agent so or, or to put it another way does the mm-hmm. Does number a lot of gigs come before the agent gets to help you,
1: or is the agent helps you get other gigs? I don't know. Sometimes agents help you to find gigs. Sometimes they wait that the gig come and they don't do anything. (laughs) Uh, It's a mix of both. Um, I think also uh, sometimes you need an agent because uh, you don't want to take care of the booking. Yeah. Uh, um, You don't want to talk about money. That's my case. I hate to... Discuss sell. the fees, yeah. Yeah, to fee, to discuss fees. I, I hate to discuss about money or to... Uh, to think, I mean, like, the, the travel... It's a, it's a I, job in, in itself. I have other things to do. I want to work yep. in the studio. I want to to be free, you know? And um, and that's it. So And to sell yourself also, you know? Yep. To write to people, to ask... Uh, is, is not my thing, so no, for sure, yeah. But it's some people they know how to do that, you know. Yeah, they might enjoy it as well. And yeah. They, yeah, and they don't need agents agent because yeah. they can do everything.
0: Yeah. So and and for, for you, like, uh, do you think an agent uh, at some point comes along the way where you built your own name, you built your own brand, people are asking your ge- you to play for them, and then the agent kind of helps you, are they increasing or taking care of the of you know,
1: things? It depends if you are big. Mm. When you are big, a lot of agencies is gonna want you. You know. Yeah. But if you are nobody, uh, it's gonna be hard to find an agency, or you're gonna find an agency with some friends who they try to help, and but most of the time uh, doesn't work. Yeah. Not really. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> no, of course it makes sense. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh,
0: so for DJs or producers who are in the make, like what are the ways that they can make it work in a city like London, where it's very expensive to? Um, to live yeah this is a question that we get over and over eh? we almost sound that there are a lot of like um DJs or producers even today we are point blank there's a bunch of students who are like okay I really want to do more music I love it but it's hard because they need to work like a full-time job cut out time just to yeah and Vlad was here with us he has like <laughs> three jobs <laughs> it's hard for everyone yeah it, do, you, do you think there are ways
1: for people to make it work better no, because at the end of the day, you still have to pay your bills. Yeah. And that's what makes everything, mm-hmm. you know, unless you live with, uh, in the house with your parents, mm-hmm. you don't pay uh, rent, food. It's easy. Yeah. But when you have to pay, uh, oh, you are a good DJ straight away and, and you, you, you have enough money. to, but in London, you need a lot of gigs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah, true. To yeah. pay the bill, you know? just so, to pay the rent. Yeah, and just to buy. pay the rent and survive. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so yeah. tough. Yeah, and it's gonna get even harder now with Brexit, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> with the new rules. <laughs> it, that
0: day's gonna be very, very crazy. Hopefully, yeah. I don't know. We'll see yeah yeah there's no way back there's no way back <laughs> we, we too late guys yeah. <laughs> too late
1: yeah
0: and and going toward the wrap up so um i think production wise another question that came from the audience was like how do you strike a balance between being creating your unique sound mm-hmm. and doing something that is uh, minimalistic which uh, perhaps seems to be kind of an opposite because in your unique sound you might want to develop something interesting more yeah. crazy well, if you have something minimalistic uh, you you need to find a balance between the two and there was I think uh, there was a track that someone mentioned the dark side by the uh, you made a track called dark side which yeah. i i've listened to i really like it i wouldn't define necessarily minimalistic i uh, don't remember the you don't track
1: remember? okay <laughs> <laughs> I made So met so uh, wha- yeah. which level was the dark side um,
0: uh, i i don't remember but i think um, so um, I think it's a track that came out in 2014 or 2015 oh yeah yeah so so it's years ago (laughs) but essentially i mean your your sound you're managing to do something that is um is is in a way like some people would define it minimalistic Mm -hmm. it's it's simple but Mm -hmm. it works right so the question i think would be how do you strike a balance between finding something that is are no are not sound mm-hmm. but it's also like minimalistic it's not like uh, you're not using a uh, uh, vocal uh, or you're using something crazy that makes it
1: uh, stand out because it's crazy um, but when I try to make something different most of the time I don't like it mm. because it's different but sometimes I have to force myself to put it out and to see if it's that different, and sometimes mm. you think it's so different that at the end is a bit different, yeah. You know? Because you have your with the time, you have your own sound. You have a, a type of synthesizer, the type of bass line, of beats that you're gonna use. Even if you change your clap, your hi hat, <laughs> yeah. and you, the way you're gonna use it, the way you're gonna process, even the compression, the. It's gonna again, whatever happen, a lot of times something like you. And it comes back to
0: w- before the recorded yeah. discussion. We were, you were telling us about your um, creative process, where you use different DAW, mm. use different presets. Sometimes you change stuff. You change your desk setup. You change your instruments. Yeah, and that's amazing because you are reshuffling the decks. Yeah, and you're working with a new color palette. Yeah, maybe yeah. right, which which is amazing. Keeps things fresh for you
1: as a creator. Yeah and for who is listening. It's interesting and like, for example, like uh, um, two weeks ago, I, I did something that I didn't do since long time. So basically it was uh, Antonio Angelis was going on holiday and he just bought this analog rhythm uh, uh, MK2, you know? And uh, he said, oh wow, is it good? And I said, you know what, I have many electron thing and I like everything they have, but I don't have this uh, analog rhythm, you know? I want to try. Can I try it uh, while you're on holiday? say, okay. I take care of the baby, you know. (laughs) I'm going to play with it. And for a week, I make music only with this machine. Only with this machine. I didn't even try any other plug or whatever. Everything was made with it. I made like maybe 10 tracks. I'm not going to release all of them. But it was... An interesting way of thinking, and then I said, Hey, that reminds me when I start to make music. Because when I start to make music, you didn't have like all these plugging all these tools where you have like too many things. You were doing the music because already one synthesizer was costing maybe 3,000 euros, like the Jupiter 8 or whatever, so it was costing so much that at the end, why you have the sound of the 90s? Because everyone was using the same thing. Yeah, for sure. And you were using the pad with this thing. You were doing the chord with this thing. You were doing the bass line with this thing. The same synth. The drum were always the 909. Or it was always the, the 808, you know? So at the end, that's why you have the sound. Yeah. So sometimes it's nice to have in the studio just few things. And just to concentrate on it, and to learn. It, it, uh, yeah, I, I think the limitation also as well that plays
0: a role. It, you, it
1: can be a testing, yeah.
0: Yeah, because th- that's where your creativity, like, kind of blossoms, like, yeah, comes out. Because you, the limitation forces you to actually be very creative with uh, the machine.
1: That's the thing because I have everything. Yeah. So I have everything, and when you have everything, you are like, okay, too much. You get lost. Uh, too much. You get lost. But uh, that day, for eight days, it was interesting just to not be lost
0: yeah exactly and, and like knowing that like you can't do what you were thinking to do so you need to find another way around Yeah, it.
1: yeah and uh, after that I say okay well I'm gonna make music now in yeah. a different way yeah I'm gonna change the way uh, again so you yeah. see in it, six months it's gonna be again another way of thinking but yeah, yeah.
0: and, and, and I, I find it very interesting what you're saying and also I think it's a very good thing when you get stuck when you feel like you're doing things too much to do the same way yeah change something, change your environment. Change it. Producing in a park, producing a train, change your equipment, uh, yeah. throw your desk and buy another desk.
1: <laughs> like I said, this week, something <laughs> stupid. I put, <laughs> I put all my uh, my machines and everything on my desk, everything straight, okay? <laughs> I, I, I made like something really clean. Uh, and just the fact that I did that, I felt so good... And inspire, but and then I was lo- laughing alone because I was, like, this is stupid. You didn't do anything. It's still the same machine, but the fact is more clean.
0: It, it, I, uh, I, I think it has, it has a, probably a subconscious effect on our brain because you are. For sure. Uh, like uh, years ago, like there was a there was this guy called Mike Mundy who helps producers uh, with with their work. Amazing guy. He kind of helped me produce more much more tracks and i remember you were saying like um, there is this concept of the mental anchor yeah so you when you set your studio you're kind of creating your space eh? so when you get uh, your mind recognizes that's your space eh? yeah so you switch to this creative mode and probably like when you are feeling stuck or whatever like you are um, or you want to change your creative process changing the how you look at the studio you're like changing your environment and and that creates something new in your. Uh, it's like
1: almost like changing your tools, your machines. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. it is, it is. Oh, sometimes you put uh, the drum machine on the left, the uh, the synth on the right, and it was the other way. I don't know. Sometimes the flow is better. Yeah. Because
0: I it, don't know. Can explain. It, yeah, exactly. It's always worth experimenting and like refreshing things. If you get stuck, idea.
1: if you are yeah. not, if you are like producing and everything is going well. Some, it's better sometimes not to change you know, because it's mm-hmm. not the moment because I do these moments of changes when I'm a bit like not motivated to make music or mm-hmm. that's why I try new synth all the time or new plugging or new uh, drum machine because I get bored sometimes and I need this kind of new thing to keep you going And yeah just a... because to see in yeah. my eyes and to touch something different I need it yeah. Just to not to, to get bored, you know. After so long in the studio, yeah. uh, uh, most of the time alone, you you feel really tired, you know, yeah. uh, of seeing the same thing, and uh, you have to find motivation. And sometimes just a little plugging, yeah, makes the difference. Right? Or the, the, the desk or the studio, how you. Yeah, you're, yeah. You're, yeah. And sometimes the funny thing is like you use a synthesizer or a new thing, and you are like. You didn't really need it because you can do exactly the same sound with another machine. But in the other machine, you never choose this sound. Why? Yeah. Because. The p- yeah. The,
0: the process becomes different. Yeah. Like the workflow yeah. is different. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's a very beautiful thing. And yeah, definitely um suggestion for people to experiment more. Yeah, yeah. You have to. You have to. Yeah. You have to. Yeah. And um, wrapping up. When, I know you have um, another release on, on SOMA, right? Yeah. And um, any other projects you're working on you think uh,
1: you want to announce, you can announce? Oh, there's a few releases uh, coming out soon, a new one on SOMA with me, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, then So many releases, to be honest, like... <laughs> 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 yeah. I, I don't stop. I don't know. I, I'm really creative. Uh, the last... Uh, six months has been a bit crazy. Okay yeah, to yeah. Yeah, I have the uh, some period like that where I'm um, I'm really into it and yeah. That's
0: it. It's a great thing. I mean, it's a beautiful Yeah, thing. because
1: you know that uh, maybe for the next six months is going to be nothing, so it can yeah. happen. That's the problem of creativity is like sometimes you are creative and uh, it's a moment and mm-hmm. then you have some big down maybe because you want to change something or you are fed up or I don't know. And uh, you need to to fight that moment, you know, because it, yeah, it, it's hard. Yeah, yeah, it's hard.
0: And then having a batch of tracks that you might want to release, that can help a lot.
1: Yeah, um, like I say, every day I work in the studio. I don't finish maybe track every day. Sometimes yes, sometimes not. Mm. But I always try something. Yeah, always. So, because sometimes from. a... M- just playing from a mistake of recording a i don't know a loop a moment and it's oh wow yeah and you arrive to something amazing yeah yeah for sure but if you do not push yourself yeah you will never get that yeah i I,
0: I absolutely like um agree with this which is like creativity comes and goes like it's probably like in cyclical right? sometimes you have high creativity and down yeah. but I think working through that even when you're don't feel necessarily inspired it means that you might not do like the best track of your life but still it helps you because then you're creating something you're sparking a new yeah.
1: idea yeah like sometimes I can make maybe let's say five, ten tracks in a certain type of, of style mm-hmm. and I don't None of them are good, and I will never release them. but this nine or ten track is gonna bring me to something I was looking for and just a detail amazing and yeah. understanding one thing that if I didn't do this nine or ten track, I will never have get it because I try something and I want to can be able to work on the kick on the compression on the side chain on whatever it is. Like for example, I'm going to work with a distortion. Uh, it's a day I say, I want to see a distortion, but on every element. And I'm going to try the distortion so much that at the end, I understand it where I can use that type of distortion on this type of sound is done for that. Very important. Yeah. yeah. This yeah. pedal is for that. The other one is for another thing. But because by finish a track. Even if sometimes I'm, I'm crazy because I finish a track, even if I know that I won't release it because I don't like it, but I still finish it, just is inside, and then I can go back and understanding what I did and why I did that. Yeah, that helps because I think, yeah, again, you're building a skill, a tool that next time is going to be useful. Yeah, because I wanted to achieve something. When I do this this type of track or this type of moment where I do all this track and to go nowhere, the point is not to finish a track, is to understand a, a tool, a technique. Yeah. And it can be fast, maybe I'm gonna make I'm gonna understand the tool straight away. And sometimes I'm not gonna understand it because it's no another way of recording, another way of working, uh of processing some together or the midi or so it takes sometimes a bit more time yeah <laughs> amazing this has been great uh
0: pleasure to have you here it was a very interesting chat i've uh yeah. i feel it was a uh, super inspiring as well good amazing thank you for being with us see you in six months see you in six months yes <laughs> 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 let's do it <laughs> we,
1: we need to do this thank no, you no, no. <laughs> Ciao.